my name is Roland Quirk. We're here until 8 o'clock this evening. We'd love to know your thoughts on the weekend sporting weekend that was. Our text number is 083 311 3311. Plenty to come on tonight's show. We will have reaction to Drum and Inch's Munster Camogie final win. Dramatic scenes there as they beat O'Gonnell of Clare. Uh, we've a lot to talk about in relation to that. Clamel Commercials as well, of course. Their great win on Saturday night in the park as they overcame Nemo Rangers. Uh, Laker Gale um, is back. The Shan Gale Awards on the 27th of November. We'll be talking to John Costigan. We've a lot of rugby to talk about with Joe Winston and lots of local soccer. What a weekend for Peak Villa as well in local football. Uh, and so the draw I think has been made for the Munster Junior Cup they are out of the division and their B team are out of the division which I'm not so sure if that's ever happened before I very very much doubt it so many congratulations to all the people doing work up there in the tower field in Thurless for Peak Villa our text number is 083 311 and don't forget we're looking for nominations for the November Sports Star of the Month this is in association with the Talbot Hotel in Clonmel and John Quirk Jewellers in care. So many great winners we've had so far people like Aidan O'Brien, Rachel Blackmore, Amy Lee Crowe um, ah, so many great um, Courtney Maguire won it there for her marathon exploits last month. So many great nominations over the course of the year so far. The minor hurlers winning it in one month. So we're looking for nominations for the November Sports Star of the Month If you want to nominate somebody you think is deserving of this award simply send an email to sportsstar at tipfm.com that's sportsstar at tipfm Dot com, And uh, we'll be reviewing those nominations and giving you a November winner at the very start of December and we'll do it all again in December. Sportstar at tipfm.com. And don't forget our text number here tonight is 0833 But we're going to start with Drummond Inch and their dramatic win in the Munster Camogie final yesterday. Let's hear from their manager, Pat Ryan, who spoke to Stephen Gleeson at the full-time whistle. Great now. Yeah, great. What a battle, um... Second half phenomenal, started off in a blaze of glory and then just drove it on from there. Just, just immensely, immensely proud of each and every one of those girls. You had to work so hard for that pass. It was nip and tuck all the way. Like, you know, every score was at a premium. Was it five each at half time? Second half, you finally got some breeding room. We got some breeding room, but we, as I said, it's like in the dressing room, just bring it back to simplicity, make it simple again. So we brought everything back to simple, do the simple things right, and drove on. We had an idea that they didn't like being ran at. So the very first manager just dropped the shoulder, go, ask the questions. They didn't have an answer for the second half every time. Kate Dwyer just after shaking hands with her, they're only 18 years of age, comes on and scores three points in a Munster final, not a care in the world. She, absolutely fantastic. But th- again, they're a great unified bunch of girls, and you, you, you can't buy that, Stephen. Yeah, her dad, Connor, you know, played football with Tip many years, and uh, like Casey just came in there and changed it because it was a dynamic that, that you know, Scarif couldn't really respond to. Joanne Ryan, as well, another sub, made a huge contribution. Yeah, you're talking about different spectrums there when the young and the young, and I won't say the other word now, but the other side of the, the other side of the coin, but like. I suppose Connor, Connor's playing maybe rubbed off on her because it's football the way she just put the head down and go. Like she made, she, she caused consternation when Casey went. She went in and look, scored three points, and there were three cracking points as well. You know, just, that's what you want. You want to bring him in off the bench all year. The bench has been making an impact, and as I said, it's not the previous three, four years. It's been 
15, 16, 17 players. Now you're looking at 22, and mm. it's phenomenal. And, it just, and, and the 22 are getting stronger and stronger as the time goes on as well. It's great. Yeah, your backs had to work so hard. Maureen Ryan, magnificent in defence. Brennan at full back, and Aoife McGrath in particular stood out. Absolutely, and Maureen Ryan was given a job. Aoife Power is no slouch. When she comes back, Aoife came back from last year after doing the cruise. Went to see her in the semi final. She scored four points for play, and they were all crackers as well. But, like, you asked Maureen to do a job. And you're kind of making emphasis on it. Maureen won't let you down. Christina's a rock full back. Aoife is the most consistent player in the county by miles. I've always said it. She's an example to anyone. But then you go from there, you go to there, and then you go to Joanne. Comes on again. Uses all her experience in the world to hold up ball, move it on as well. It's just, it's just different spectrums of the, of the, of the game that... That's, they're well able to do it like, and they're bringing it to the fore again it's great to see it Talk about this journey because I know like throughout Covid you had to work so hard and you stayed going and you still had the dream of winning big for Drummond Inch They do but that wasn't just us the girls buy into it as well like you Covid right Covid was Covid everyone went through and came out the other side of it fine but like last year here we had the most like arguably three months of finals in in 12 months we lost we lost we won it in the 2021 in 21 we're just after coming two weeks after winning the county championship to play the, 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 the cancel 21 we won that two weeks after come out to play the 21 the final and lose that by a pint. We came out of here heartbroken. So what do you do? You refocus. You re you rejig a few things and, and go again. Because they, they don't know when to stop and they, they're reaping the rewards of it now. And that's not got to do with me. That's, I never poke a ball. That's down to their mental attitude as well. It's the stronger it's getting and hope it stays going for another while. That's Pat Ryan and understandably jubilant Pat Ryan. What a lovely sentiment at the end. I don't poke a ball. It's not down to me. It's down to the girls. Geraldine <coughs> uh, Canan is on the line. PRO of the County Camogie Board. How are you Geraldine? How you doing, Ronan? That was a dramatic game of camogie, and you don't always get what you deserve in sport, but I think it's fair to say Drum and Inch got what they deserved that the weekend. Yeah, I think so too. You know, they've been fantastic champions in Tipperary for the last four years, and they have been the standout team. And, you know, they really wanted to add a Munster title to the one they won to 2021. And, um, you know, the Scarf had beaten them in two Munster title finals already. It was great, a serious heartbreak last year. And, but to come back and do it this year because I know they really knuckled down the start this year. They upped the work rate, they upped the intensity, they upped the sessions, and they strengthened the panel. You know, more players got game time and really came on. And uh, I just thought, um, yeah, like you said, they got the rewards at the end yesterday. Yeah, and it was tight, a tight affair. Like the scoreline is 14 points to eight. Uh, might be a little flattering for Drum because that doesn't tell the story of how tight it was. And really, those three points that Katie O'Dwyer comes on scores gave them a little bit of breathing space. But that's all. It, that that's what it did. Yeah, look, there was nothing in it. You know, I thought Drum started well and um, settled into the game probably a bit quicker than uh, than Scarif. Then you know, Scarif really found their feet. Then and I thought you know the momentum kind of swung in their favour for for maybe the last 10 minutes of the first half but they did have the wind in the first half scarf so I think Drum would have been happy enough going in the half time five points all they came out really and stormed into the game then the second half Neve Trassie got an unbelievable score even McGrath followed that up with a pint of her own and then Scarif responded with two pints of their own but I thought the last 20 minutes belonged to Drum you know Scarif I didn't think I don't think scored for the last 20 minutes Drum got six points um, you know, obviously, Casey Dwyer made a huge impact coming off the bench. I thought Miriam Campion was um, instrumental in her scores as well. She linked up with her brilliantly for two of the, two of the points. You know, um, Miriam's such a selfless, selfless player. You know, she passed lovely passes to to Casey, and Casey was just on fire. Some impact sub to have, but um, I did I did think Drum were the better team, and I thought when the game opened up and they hurled, you know, they did kind of thought they showed a bit of flair, a bit of class, and. Uh, 
you know, I think they were deserving winners, you know. Uh, just listen to Pat Ryan there. He, he felt that his game plan was pretty much he, he wanted to put down a marker from the throw-in that the girls would run at them and perhaps put create a seed of doubt in the uh, Scarf of Gonalow Mines. Yeah, no better woman than Eve Trassie to do that. Like She's such a powerhouse running at, at teams and, you know, she did it at the start of the first half, did it again at the start of the second half, you know, did it throughout the game but really did it at the start of both halves and scored a, a point and had, had Scarf kind of on the back foot straight away. Um, you know, uh, the other players, like Caroline Shannon and Eve Long, I thought, ran their socks off, you know, and um, Yvonne was up and down the, the field. So was Aoife McGrath coming forward, you know. So it was a real attacking performance, 100%. And I thought, you know, credit to the management. They got their matchups right. They got their tactics right. The changes they made all worked as well. And, uh, you know, it was kind of one of those days that everything kind of went, went our way as well. Yeah, it, really super, super performance. Uh, <laughs> You just wonder how much of it was born from the pain, the disappointment of the 2021 defeat. Yeah, I, t- I think a lot of it because I would have said, you know, anyone can get bet by a better team, and you know, if you if you perform, it, it, it takes away some of the heart. But I really felt Drummond Inch didn't perform to their full potential in last year's uh, Munster final. That's not taken away from Scarif, but I really didn't think they did. And uh, you know, so there was so much hurt from that. Then losing to Sarsfield in the 2020 All Ireland semi final as well. Um, again, feeling like they didn't probably perform as well as they could. So, you know, from the get go this year, like, no, you know, no disrespect to anyone else in the county, but, you know, Drum were probably thinking that a little bit further outside the county that they felt, you know, I heard Mairead Elston saying it a few times during the year that they had unfinished business. And, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of like the mindset yesterday. They were coming back, you know, unfinished business back in Mallow, back against the same opposition. And they were coming for, they were going for that monster title and they have a one now and, you know, they're absolutely thrilled and, there was great scene celebrations last night in the in the rag, and uh, I'm sure they're doing a bit more celebrating still today. You know, I hope they have so. Four, yeah, yeah, yeah they, they definitely are. <laughs> so they have a four week gap, you know, which is which is nice in one way. So they do have the time to to enjoy this one, and uh, no better women to do that. It's not the Connacht champions again, I presume. It'll be one of the other two. No, it's uh, the Ulster champion. Okay. So that Ulster final is happening this weekend. So Schlach Neil are up oh, against Schlach Neil. So well, Schlach Neil. Now I have to say they're in a very impressive club too. Oh, fierce, impressive! You know, I remember seeing them just a good few years ago. Now in an All Ireland club final, I was I hadn't really known much about them before then, and uh, I was so impressed with them. And I think they went on and won three All Irelands then. Um, probably not. Maybe gone back a small bit since then, but you know you wouldn't know. I haven't seen them this year. Obviously, they could have picked yeah. up a few new players again. But um, I know Lockie are knocking on the door there as well in Ulster. So that game would be very interesting. That's happening this weekend, and Drum and Inch are playing the winners of that then on the tenth of December. What I love about this drum team is you've Katie O'Dwyer comes on, scores three points, and she's a minor this year, and she's playing senior for a club. And then you've Joanne Ryan, who won the O'Duffy Cup for Tipperary in two thousand and four, brings all her experience, knows how to see out the game. I mean, it's kind of a dream for Pat Ryan that the, the youth, the mix of youth and experience. Yeah, that's really noticeable. There is is the mix of youth and experience, and like you said, to have two subs come on like that, Joanne and Katie, and you know, one starting off her career and 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 one in her twenty sixth year of playing senior camogie with Drummond Inch. So twenty six br- years. Yeah, it's I think brilliant. no, it's it's important we pause and just take in that because the commitment required to play senior for 26 years Bula Boss yeah it's unbelievable unbelievable and you know Joanne is just she'll be back again next year there's no fear of that she's 
to Aisha. She's a bit of a, a freak of nature, her athleticism and her fitness and uh, just her happy-go nature. And, you know, she just loves the sport and she loves, she loves the likes of bringing on the young ones as well. And, you know, she's some asset to have in the club there and, and to have on that panel. And, you know, she's so focused and, you know, she's really determined. She drives on. She'll make sure that the standards never slip at training. She drives them on and... Uh, you know, she's she's a legend in, in Drumlidge Camogie Club and delighted to see her pick up another medal yesterday. A couple of legends being made up there at the moment. So, listen, uh, fair play to her. Lovely to talk to you, Ger, after such a great win for Drum. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Ronan. Not at all. That's Geraldine Canan. And let's hear from the aforementioned Joanne Ryan. She spoke to Stephen Gleeson at the full-time whistle now. Yeah, it's a brilliant day for the club. We're so delighted. We really cherish the win today because... You know, last year we were stolen. They stole it off us last year, so we had a point to prove today. And we're pure delighted. Over the moon. Everyone is delighted. We have a really good panel of players. There's a mixture of the old ones like myself. And then we've got the younger players coming on. The likes of Katie Dwyer there. She came on and won it first. She got her three points within a few minutes. Just brilliant. We can hear the crack in there, the music in the dressing room, the celebrations, what it means. And like you've been in winning dressing rooms, you captained Tip to the All-Ireland 2004. Like, how does this all compare? Or maybe you can't compare them, but it's, it's still special. Very special. So long ago since we won that All-Ireland, but it's really sweet when you bring it home to your own club because all your club mates, you go to school with them, you grow up with them, and it's brilliant to win. We're all, we're all a big family, and it's lovely for the club to see We'll say, you know, younger people in the schools coming here supporting us. It's great for the future of the club as well to bring home clubs like this. Camogie's on the rise. You can see the crowds, Joanne, and you can see the energy and, like, the kids. It really means a lot to girls growing up in Tip. It is indeed, yeah. It's definitely on the um, up. As you said, there's, you know, you go to any of the schools in Drummond Inch or even over in Lockmore, they all have, um, they're all given a hurley. You know, there's great underage work done in the club in Drummond Inch and surrounded clubs as well. Yeah, and with you coming on there today, what did it mean to just get on the field late on? Because you had yourself, Casey O'Dwyer, Siobhan McGrath, all contrasting stories coming on the field. Yeah, that's right. Oh, I couldn't wait to get on the field, to be honest with you. And same with the rest of the girls, but every match he brings on different subs. And, you know, at the end of the day, um, your subs, uh, a wise man often told me that you have to have better on the sideline than on the, you know, the on the first 15 and like we proved that today with Katie Dwyer came on and and uh, Siobhan McGrath loads of players come on they're as good, equally as good as the 15 it's just we're such a big panel that you can't put 20 or 25 on you can only start at 15 but that's the key to success is to have a, a big panel What was the winning of the game? God what was the winning of the game? Um, the lead yeah, well, Katie Dwyer's three points. She came on there and she scored three points within, I'd say, three minutes. She just zipped down over and um, popped him over the bar, not a bother to her. It was very tense up until then, wasn't it? Yeah, it was tit for Thatcher for the first half. They were up our point. We levelled it. We were up by a point, levelled it. But um, we did, we pulled away in the last 20 minutes, I think, was it? Around that, we... Um, Kept our scores were coming easier and as I said we were a determined bunch we didn't want to let it slip because we let it slip last year and it still hurt us and stung us up to this morning so we weren't going to lose it So great week ahead and then you focus on the All-Ireland series Look, we we take every match as it comes we'll, we'll, anything, from, anything after this is a bonus we said that even after the county final it's a, go- a bonus but look, we're, we're in it now we'll, we'll give it a go and we'll see how we get on that's the great Joanne Ryan speaking to 
Stephen Gleeson at the full-time whistle yesterday. A quick word with Tom McGrath, who was a busy man because uh, he had lots of family interest in this drum and inch uh, win over Scarif Agonolo. How are you, Tom? Great, Ronan. Uh, ma- massive. Many congratulations. Uh, I think your daughter Siobhan was playing. Yeah, she saw a bit of action towards the finish, all right. Like, yeah, a little bit of a, uh, uh, a, cameo, a cameo, possibly. But, no, she's been, look, she's been part and parcel of the team for a good number of years. And she got married last year and had a baby then a couple of months ago. Like, so she's, she's back, in, back in action after that. Like, so, look, it's it's great. And I suppose the overall thing you'd say is that everyone comes to those that, you know, if you have the patience to wait, your turn will eventually come, like, and you know this Drum and Inch team have been they've been knocking at the door for a number of years, like, and you know it's their, they were making a big thing that was their fourth uh, county championship in a row or fourth county title in a row in Tiberi, and they had only one monster put to it. So I mean they're looking they're, they're looking a little bit beyond them beyond it at this stage, which is what you have to be doing, I suppose, Roland, in the in the current climate that uh, there's you raise the bar and expectation levels then come up as well like and it was so, just interesting to hear Jer Canan talk about the contribution Joanne Ryan makes this is a girl 20 years 23 years playing senior club uh, former yeah, she started captain. very young though I, I, that's fair <laughs> enough but it's still 23 <laughs> years I don't care when you start doesn't matter how many years you had but no like it, it comes back that players like you know that you you mind yourself keep yourself keep yourself Face, you know, do do a lot, do as many of the right things as you possibly can. But of course, the big thing in all of this it makes it easy to stay going is if you don't suffer injuries. Yeah, in a lot of injuries nowadays, in in the, in the good old days back in our time, you had a maybe a cut on a finger hurling or something like that, or a bit of a nickel with a muscle. But now there are injuries, and you're not Increases. talking days for recovery or weeks; it's months. Like, and I feel for the players that. Yeah. But but no, the the the, the Joanne's like it's it's wonderful for them. But I think it's wonderful for the young girls too. The fact that they have legends like Joanne around the place. Like, I mean, you know, this this one she's not just an ordinary player that that played a bit for Tipperary. She has all Ireland medals, and I mean that's 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 serious stuff to have in your have have, have in your in your back room when you're coming into these matches. And great experience, provided of course they they're willing to listen and learn a bit and I think they have that they have that bunch there like and you know they're at the star panel the whole time and my young, young Katie the Wire yesterday coming in like and you know doing her job and satisfied to be coming in to do a job like yeah. really you know that's but then trusting off the side of the street she liked it either like I mean that's yeah it's true good that is good, true, yeah. good 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 girl like and yeah. I mean I, I'd have seen her like in a different thing she'd be playing schools on underage primary schools football and hurling with the lads like and you know that knocks the that's not the rough edges off you quick enough like no doubt about it look uh, I, I do have a lot to cover tonight and before I many congratulations to Drum a quick word on uh, commercials I was speaking after the break I was speaking to Martin Quinlivan so just give me your thoughts on what you saw on Saturday night and how impressed were you Oh, very impressed. Delight and delighted for them as a group, like, because they feel from 2015. Now, okay, it's, it's a long time ago. It doesn't look like seven years ago, like. But I mean, they're they're winning over Nemo like that. Okay, it's not the same. It was only a quarter final on Saturday, but like I was, I was delighted for them because I think commercials are where and now are where I expected them to be earlier this year, like that. I was expecting big things all commercials this year. I knew how hurt they were. Not winning the not winning the county final last year and giving Munster another shot like but then you said the draw wasn't kind to them but no and you know sort of the first half Carves got two good got two good goals Nemo were relying on 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 Connolly for freeze and. 
they, they still seem dangerous, but Clamel probably ruled a couple of chances, missed at half, missed it when we did it half. Oh, could have been further ahead. Yeah. We could have been further ahead, yeah. but but no, sometimes you could be too far in front. No, <laughs> is, there, is it? But that there is that thing that yeah. if you're in that comfort zone, complacency can set in. But no, like and then sure. Jason have the second half that he had like you know like it was, it was, it was terrific like and, yeah. and oh, do you know what I, I, just looking in as, as an interested observer obviously I just thought they were in great shape they looked yeah, well, physically but, really yeah, like lean they, they were that but they were that even running uh, would say a couple of months ago like and still weren't they weren't getting the performance out of them but they've got it they got it and got it in spades the other night like but like They'll be they'll be focused pretty quickly. Yeah, it was only a Munster only a Munster quarter final. The bet Nemo Rangers that's a big that's a big thing to have. But Newcastle West now will be a different kettle of fish. Yeah. They'll have nothing nothing uh, to lose and. And no. and the, the the genies out of the bottle. Everyone knows. I think that the bookies have now installed them as favourites for Munster, and there's a Kerns O'Reilly's team still in there. Listen, I got to fly. That's, that's grand. That, just why the final. That that's grand run. But I think the the commercials that have the experience at this stage, they won't be they won't be dragged in by that, or at least you hope they would. No, they have enough. They have enough of miles and enough of miles in the clock at this stage that they won't be sucked in by that. And look, great that they're 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 there and. Like fair juice and onwards and upwards now for them, but they just have to be careful. That's all. Tom, talk soon. Really good. Okay, Ronan. Take it easy. And uh, Tom McGrath joining us there. Success and county titles coming to the McGrath household again via Drum and Inch on this occasion. Break. We'll take a break and uh, we'll be talking to Martin Quinlivan after this. Well, for more on this commercial story, finish of course. Commercials two fifteen. Nemo Rangers one eleven. Martin Quinlivan's on the line. Good evening, Martin. Evening, Ronan. How are you? I'm very well, and I just want you to put in context for us because you've been watching commercials and indeed playing for commercials for a long number of years, if you hope you don't mind me saying so. How good a performance was commercials in Park Equive on Saturday night in their I history? Think, I think from a commercials perspective, it's as good as it gets. Um, I think obviously even from a temporary football point of view, I think the performance was up there with the winning of the Munster final in 2020 and even the performance, particularly in the second half in the minor final in 2011. Um, you know, I won't I won't claim to go back much further beyond that because, you know, a lot of the, the really good performances then might have been in Division 4 or in Tommy Murphy Cups yeah. or whatever and good as they were. But in at the kind of very top level, you know, that was, you know, I mean, I'd look... A lot of listeners may have seen the match on the telly, and uh, certainly it wasn't just a comprehensive victory. It was, uh, you know, a brilliant performance and, and fair play to all involved. What I think is is very often an Achilles' heel for Tipperary County football is a lack of impact from our half forward line. Correct me if I'm wrong, but like I can't remember a more impactful half forward line in terms of keeping the scoreboard ticking. Now, of course, Jason Lonergan was uh, responsible for a lot of that. Yeah, I know. In fairness, look, Ronan, you could go through every line. I mean, you know, <clears throat> yes, the half forward line. You know, they either they either got the scores or made the scores in in a lot of cases, and that that is really what a half forward line. That's the half forward line operating at their their premium. But like the full back line, James Morris, Seamus Kennedy, you know, and even Captain Jimmy Peters, outstanding. The goalie made a couple of great stops, and his his kickouts were pretty much bang on most of the time. Uh, you know, you go through the half back line, very very good. But in terms of supporting the forward line, young Ty Condon, I thought came of age. Kevin Fahey, the best thing to say about Kevin is was himself. Barry Glorum was very very busy. You know, Conal Kendi had a great outing. You know, so like you go, you go, and obviously in the full forward line, Johnny O'Connor. Had, had probably his best game in the whole season. So, you know, I, I think pretty much 
you know, everybody made a contribution. Aldo Matassa, Peter McGarry when he came in. Um, you know, so yeah, I'd imagine that the management team went home very, very happy that on the big stage with the national profile of the TV coverage, you know, they produced a performance and um, the result followed. And uh, yeah, you could, it'd be, be difficult to pick holes in it. Um, a couple of times in the first half, maybe short kickouts, and Nemo kind of managed to turn the ball over. I think Porrick Lurham was probably lucky uh, in one stage. I think he lost possession and he was, you know, nearly the last man back. And I think he gave away a free that the ref could have taken sterner action on. But um, you know, you're probably nitpicking, picking out little isolated incidents like that because in the main, commercials are playing on good, you know, playing front foot football, mixing the running game, the kick passing game, the hand passing game. And, you know, everybody made a major contribution to a very impressive victory and an enjoyable evening. Yeah, I agree with everything you've said, but added to that was a penetration, a sense of opening Nemo up in a way that I haven't seen him do. If you look at the Upper Church final, uh, yeah, there was 10 minutes of good commercials play, but there wasn't much else in that final. Even go back to the Moyle Rovers game, there was a period of dominance which set the agenda, which led to their victory, but it wasn't a 60-minute performance. There was a lot yeah. to like about Saturday night. Oh, yeah. Look, it was, you know, close enough to a 60-minute performance. Um, and look, in fairness, into the SIP games, if you go back even to the group stages, I think it was two of those games against Killinall and Upper Church. The sides were pretty much level at halftime or near enough level. And, you know, Commercial just put on the afterburners and are good enough to, uh, to to kind of open a, open a gap and then kind of cruise control home, and maybe it's you know it is a, a slight Achilles heel in the team is that they'll always do enough. But like if you look at the set of results, you add in the Nemo result now, and it was a seven point victory in the end, you know, and included a, a lit pretty much garbage time goal for Nemo to get it down from ten points, and um, you know. But seven points is the closest any team has run them to this year. You know, before that, it was upper charged by eight in the final. And, uh, you know, so like the, the set of results that they've put together this year, uh, unbeaten all season, won the South Championship, won the league, you know, with, you know, wouldn't have been even a full strength in either of them. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's starting to look like a really impressive set of results. And, um, yeah, look, the, the performance Saturday was on a much higher level than, than what they had produced or what they had to have produced yeah. to get there. Uh, obviously, you know, it's a story of history now themselves, and and lot more bring out of each other, um, and you know they, they have a, you know two contrasting styles, but it's always a hugely enjoyable clash, and the players know each other so well, they know each other's strengths and weaknesses, and are able to prepare accordingly. But um, you know, freed up freed up that this year, you saw Saturday like commercials, you know Nemo Nemo were you know priding themselves in the fact that they thought it would be a game of football and that nobody would beat them when it was an open game of football. Well, you know, on Saturday night certainly commercials out Nemo to Nemo if you like because, you know, whatever Nemo tried, commercials just were better at it. They were better defending than Nemo and most definitely they were better in attacking and particularly when Nemo tried to press commercials in that kind of midfield, half-back line area. But once commercials got free of that, like you said, they, they opened them as well. They ran at the mm. defence and, uh, and, and and really hurt them. And, and um, could have scored more. Know, I mean, Porrick had, yeah. had a good opportunity. He was denied. And, uh, you know, God, I didn't think I'd be saying this, but I think the scoreline flattered Nemo a little bit. Uh, to be honest with you, commercials could have won by more. Yeah, and in fairness to the to, to the Nemo people, I was talking to one or two today that I'd know to work, and they admitted it like that they were, you know, they were really scratching their heads. They're putting it down to a flat performance that I think they're, you know, Nemo is a very strong football club, and it's ironic to hear them saying that they had played a junior hurling quarter final last week, the week before, 
and uh, they felt that they didn't have the proper two weeks preparation time going into the game. We didn't hear any of that before the game, says you, and uh, yeah. I think it's a bit of a, a lame excuse. Uh, and, you know, they just, on the night, uh, Ronan, I said to you in 2020, I remember when we were wrapping up the season, middle of COVID, Versus had won the championship, and this is the county, you remember, it ended famously in winning the Munster, was, was starting, and the final county final was in September. And the one thing I said to you was um, that, you know, we were really disappointed. It was in fact the management at the time, really disappointed there was no Munster because because of the 2019 Munster final in Dungarvan, yeah. commercial never showed up. And like, you know, we admitted ourselves off the field as a management team, we set the team up wrong. We, 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 we targeted the wrong players and, um, you know, really, really wanted to put that right. Didn't get, didn't get the chance, obviously, because there was no Munster campaign in 2020. Nemo had won the Cork Championship, commercials won the tip. But obviously, two years on, uh, neither one in 21, so two years on, you got that opportunity. And um, the players were fairly fairly fired up now and, 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 and probably a little bit amused before the game that, you know, the commercials were, what, four or five to one in the bookies? Yeah, there was a four-point four spread, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, if you look at the odds, they were 80 to one to win the All-Ireland at six o'clock on Saturday. They were eight, eight to one on, at 10 o'clock. And, you know, I don't know where this... Six, 16 to 1 or 6 something to win Munster and their 6 to 5 favourites on Saturday night and that's probably you know now that Saturday is fading into the into the, the history books and I know as the management team they start to turn their attention to Newcastle West from yesterday but like now in a sense commercials are the watched team and mm. uh, you know with, with with the Kerry set up where it's Karen O'Reilly who didn't didn't win the champ the, cha- the, the, the main championship there ended up winning the club championship uh, you know people are now saying it's commercials to lose and uh, that's a different type of pressure but look I'm sure they'll you know they'll take a huge amount of confidence from what they produced on Saturday night as they should Absolutely. and, uh, and look I- forward with relish to, to the Newcastle West game which I would imagine Ronan they'll be looking to play that game in Semple Stadium yeah well they certainly like the open spaces of the park so something similar wouldn't go straight before I let you go and we're up for time uh, the ladies were on the Senior B Monster Final against Comer Rangers I think on Sunday in uh, awful conditions bad yeah, conditions for both sure. sides yeah, it was unfortunate running for them that their big day was spoiled because the, rain, the heavens opened about 12 o'clock and it just rained constant through the game and made the pitch really, really tough. I mean, the pitch was heavy going anyway, but with the rain that fell and continued to fall through the game, the conditions got really tough. But look, no excuse. I think the Comer Rangers were just adapted better. They were the stronger team. You know, the triplets, uh, the Murray sisters, uh, and Emma Murray in particular, was, was a real handful. None, none of the commercials players could get closer. closer. But look, it, it, in fairness to them, Mercers kept trying and trying and trying, but they, they really, from kind of 10 minutes into the second half, once Comer had gone three or four points up, I think Commercials realised they needed a goal, and, and truth, it never really looked like it was going to happen. But look, they, they died with their boots on, they gave it their best shot. They could, I don't think they could have done any more on the day. Uh, Comer Rangers were just that bit stronger. And in fairness to Comer Rangers, uh, Ronan, you know, I, I don't know how many times, like, Ballymac have won 41 championships yeah. in a row. And I would say Comer Rangers have been beaten in the final in that in well over 20 of them, if not more. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, it was a welcome bit of silverware for them for a really good bunch of girls and, uh, you know, who who, who, who who acquitted themselves well. So congratulations to Comer Rangers. And uh, look, the commercials girls are young. They'll regroup and they'll come back. And, you know, realistically, their aim now is to try and push on and try and win a Tipperary A championship. And, um, you know, that would be a first for, for, that, for them as a club. As a first, first for the club and first for that group of players, obviously, yeah. and I think they would deserve it. They've been, they've been, you know, they've they've, they've been 
real good ambassadors for the growth of ladies football in the Clamell area and um, you know hopefully that they can go on now and win, win an A championship and, and that's a realistic game as I said Busy time for commercials just leave finally the under 19 final presumably has to be played against Sarsfields that next weekend? Next Saturday Ronan next yeah Saturday. next Saturday so James Morris Peter McGarry um, and a young Keen Keen Smith who came on as a sub Rory O'Dowd both I think who came on in the last minute on Saturday night uh, yeah interesting game and obviously Sarsfields will be well stocked with their junior team and in fairness to them they had a great win down in Milton Malbury we know ourselves it's not an easy place to go and get a result so uh, well done to them and there'll be some good football players on view in, in that final for people who want to get along to see a game next, next weekend yeah indeed listen Martin many thanks for joining us I do appreciate it talk soon cheers Ronan mind yourself Extra Time with Ronan Quirk. A couple of texts to bring to you tonight. 083-311-3311. Somebody says, Hi Ronan, a very important group of GA players are being ignored by the county and south boards. Players who are over age for under 19, but who are not yet able to get a place in the club's senior, intermediate or junior teams, need games to keep their interest in our sport. A lot of clubs have up to 10 or 12 players who have been training all year, waiting for the under 21 hurling and football championships, which they were promised. Now we hear no decision is being made at board level about the under 21s, Surely we cannot ignore these players of the future. A knockout competition sh- could be run off very quickly, says one texter. Well, there is under-21 matches taking place. For example, in the north, I mean, Bursley beat Kiladangan in the Group 1 of the A Division. Clannacenny, Moneygall beat Ballina Hinch, Templedary in Group B. Uh, in under-21B, Group 1, I mean. And in the west, Hurland, like Knockavilla, Dunnesky, Kickhams beat Arville Rover. So there is matches going on in the mid as well. I mean, uh, where was it? Um, it was mid-football as well. Did I see Brackens beat... Holy Cross Bally Cal in the under 21A football championship in the mid. So there are divisions. But what's missing is I don't see any South fixtures. I know that there are fixtures, but I don't see any South results. So is there an issue with the under 21 championship? Because how can you have a county championship if there's no South division? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question, but it's a really good text. And I'd love to know what's going on with those under 21 championships. Is there time to run them off? Are we just playing lip service to it or are we serious about running those championships properly because it seems the north have their acting in gear certainly they're playing them in the west and they're playing them in the uh, in the in the mid so please somebody with an answer to that 083 311 Um what's great that uh, you know lots of things are great in the post-covid environment but one of the great things that's back is the Laker Gale Awards John Costigan who's the chairman of the Laker Gales committee is on the line how are you John? Uh, good evening, Ron. John, I miss these, I have to say, because I think it's such an important part of the GA because what you're doing is you're honouring a life of service, uh, a life of amateur dedication, and uh, it really, uh, without these individuals who've given their life sweat to uh, the association, we wouldn't really have an association. Yes, I suppose that's right, Ron, and it's a marvellous, it, it was a marvellous innovation, and I suppose... Uh, great thanks there is due to uh, late great John Maloney from Banshee and himself and Noel Morris went uh, to Wexford to a similar function uh, almost 20 years ago and they came back with this idea of, of honouring people uh, over 70 years of age that have made a contribution in making our great county what it is today. You know, it transcends the whole that this Laker Gale thing, it transcends the whole spectrum of the association in the county. And we are honouring men and women, some with All-Ireland medals, some that perhaps never won a medal, uh, 
Some maybe have been renowned gate checkers, great workers for the association. And they all have contributed, Ronan, I think in that's their own particular way. Yeah, I think that's in what making makes us... the G in Tipperary yeah. was it is today. I, I think you made a very valid point there in relation. And it's not just prowess on the hurling fields or in a committee, but some people wash jerseys, some people line fields, some people make tea, and that's all important too. And that's what makes it what it is. And they deserve the recognition. I would have known these perhaps in the past as the Shangale Awards, would I? Well, yes, they were, they were initially a shangiel, the terminology of it. And I suppose some people... Uh, Leacre sounds better than Shan. Leacreel is a, a Celtic hero, or a, a Leacre then, or it's the, it's the plural of it. And I think it sounds better, Leacreel. And, uh, you know, you have some people there, and uh, in their 70s, they're working as hard for the association now as they did in their in their twenties and maybe harder. Well, as well as that, I mean, there's 26. I won't go through them all, or we'd be here all night. But what I will say is that these 26 people are all profoundly well known within their own parishes. There, some of them are known countywide. Some of them, I'd say, are even known nationally. But they're all extremely well known within their parish, and they're probably well recognised within their parish. They are, they are, we say. Looking, starting off there, I'm looking at the top of my list. We have uh, Kitty Savage from Ardfinnan being honoured. She captained uh, the first Tipperary team to win an All-Ireland Ladies football victory. You have Liz Howard, the former president of the Camogie Association. You have Sean Fogarty, former chairman of Munster Council, Tip County Board and Mid-Board, you know. Yeah. Eddie Webster, the great Lockmore Castellani player, uh, footballer won numerous county finals in the uh, 70s and 80s and also two railway cups Roger Munsey from Tumivara uh, an All-Ireland senior hur- hurling medal winner Willie Hayden long time gate checker in North Tipperary a man whose service where, where it appears under the radar but the contribution is, is, is huge Michael O'Connor, Father Shees, a pillar in that club for many, many years. And you have various players yeah. from which Tipperary there. You have Lee Shockey, former secretary at Tlanauti, Tom Donahue from the Aravea Rovers Club. You have uh, Dick Egan from South Tip. You have some the ladies there, uh, Patsy Tynan and Mary Godfrey, the former Secretary to the Federal Club. Correct, yeah. You you know, John, I I appreciate that, but 26 names, I just wouldn't have the time to go through them all, but they are uh, available for people to to get on the website. Can I just say, it's on, I think, on Sunday, November 27th in the Dome. It's on on Sunday 27th. uh, The assembling us around 3.15 with the function commencing at 4.30. Uh, Our guest of honour this year is uh, John Tierney, um, a pillar in the TIP GA Supporters Club and a member also of the corporate board and a former chairman of the North Tipperary GA board himself and a man that had a glowing career uh, in local government, uh, going to the very top as Dublin city manager. And he's honouring us with his presence 
uh, to do the presentations on the particular night round. John, I hope you have a super evening in the Dome on Sunday the 27th. It's really great to see it back. I've got to fly, but thanks indeed for your time this evening. Yeah, thank you, Ronan. Not at all. It's John Costigan joining us there, and we hope all the recipients of those Lake Regale Awards have a super evening and they're just desserts for their years of service. Let's turn our attention to rugby. So much to reflect on from a Tipperary point of view. Joe Winston's on the line from Clonmel Rugby Club. Hi, Joe. How are you, Ronan? Uh, listen, what's happened in Clonmel? You've suddenly turned things around. Things You started the season well against Middleton, had a bit of a hiccup, but two great wins on the trot, particularly away to Balna. Must have been a real shot in the arm. Oh, absolutely. Um, what I think it is is that our game management has improved and we're starting to put... We were playing one good half of rugby and the other one not so good. And now we're, we're putting two good halves of rugby together and we're getting the results that we deserve. You've got a happier dressing room. We have a happier dressing room as well, yeah. We uh, we, we changed coach and that seems to have benefited us as well. Well, obviously, I mean, irrespective of who the coach is, if you don't have a happy dressing room, you're at nothing in any uh, team sport. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And, uh, just say Owen O'Connor is coach at us now and uh, everybody's very happy with him. So, as you say, happy change room. Happy team. Happy team is right. But, uh, you know, I've often looked at the, at your team and it's a youngish pack. They're learning quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're, they're coming into the team with some of the older lads now uh, who have the experience of coming through the junior you know, uh, junior club times and the success we have. And they're passing it on to the younger fellas. This is how things are done. Uh, so is it too early to start talking about what your season uh, goals for the year would be? I mean, and whether or not they're going to be met? Well, initially our first goal was not to struggle like last season. Yeah. Uh, which has, uh, you know, it's, a very, it's very tight in the middle of the table. Where we've moved up from ninth a couple of weeks back ago to fourth into the top four. Which tells uh, so, you two things, though. It tells you how tight and competitive a league it is. It also tells yeah. you that two defeats and you're right back into the, the middle. Oh, of it right back into the mix again, yeah. Now, uh, our next match in two weeks' time is our hope to Einstein and to a run away with the division. Uh, but again, we'll give, we'll give them a go. Uh, when Bangor came down to us, I think they thought they just had to turn up and uh, found a much improved Carmel team. So we'll give it a go against Einsteinians as well. How important is the fact that that was an away win up in Ballina? You had to overnight, you had to probably a bit yeah. of team bonding happens at that as well, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, well, the lads, they're all very sensible. They others, uh, some of them go into one another's uh, rooms just to chat and stuff like that. Uh, and then to bed early, be up ready for it in the morning. But I just think when you have that kind of um, road trip, it does yeah. kind of, uh, fellas spend more time, teams spend more time together, you know? Yeah, that's why we always travel up on a bus. That's why it's very important for uh, the players to mix together and everything like that. So, as you say, the form and that bond that they will have for years to come. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you, you know, it's 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 just a super, super 29-15 uh, away win. Jason yeah. uh, Jason Manua scoring two yeah. tries for you. Brian O'Dea got one. Dylan Cadigan kicked four penalties and yeah. a conversion. Yeah, uh, my name going up there was to win the match. Now, we're a wee bit disappointed that we didn't get the fourth try but at the same time we achieved our objective which was the win um, well Hartie's, it, yeah. Hartie's congratulations yeah, I know it was a sad weekend as well in the club yeah uh, uh, last year's chairman Billy Burke his wife passed away on Friday Mary uh, 
very young woman and uh, everybody's heartbroken up there. Yeah, and on behalf of everyone in Tip FM, we want to extend our condolences to the Burke family. It's a very, very sad time for them. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, Joe, thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Thanks indeed. That's Joe Winston joining us there. And while we're on rugby, Cashel had a good 24-19 win away win over Dolphin and recorded a bonus point win as well to maintain their uh, promotion challenge. Uh, not so good for Nina Ormond. They um, they uh, they were winning at one stage, 28-3, but uh, eventually succumbed to Old Crescent, 29-28. Uh, good win for Old Crescent because it moves them out of the relegation zone, but Nina and Cashel flying high at the upper end of Division 2A. Uh, let's go and turn our attention for the last few minutes to soccer. Barry Ryan's on the line. Hi, Barry. Hi, Ronan. How are you? You know, there's only one place to start, and that's Peak Villa's B team. Yeah, look, what an achievement. Uh, look, I suppose their A team was the story to begin, but their B team ah, hang also... On, hang on, I have to say, a B team getting out of the division in a, in a Munster Junior Cup is a big story. Absolutely, yeah. Look, and credit to them um, to go away to a Premier Division team, you know, at a very, very young peak fill size um, and come out on top. And look, they're rewarded now with a trip to Cork, so it's fantastic. It is fantastic. And it shows, you know, the strength and depth, presumably, that they're putting together up there in Terrorfield. Absolutely, yeah. And look, it's a reward for going with young players in the B team as well. Um, you know, in terms of you you go with you, you get results like that at the weekend as well. Um, and look, a lot of B teams maybe will start to look at doing things that way. Yeah, it's 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 powerful, powerful story. But their A team had, I suppose, the the blue ribbon tie against St Michael's. Two one, they came out on top. Yeah, and look, it's just a massive result. I was at the game on Sunday, um, and I think even the most ardent St Michael's fan, you know, wouldn't deny the peak filler were full value, full value. The scoreline probably doesn't even reflect um, how well they played. And look, they were two 0 up going into the closing stages, um, and were full value for that. They were absolutely brilliant, um, and it was one of those things. You know, people might say, "Oh, look, I suppose they were due that result," but I don't think they're ever due anything um, in sport. And it was more of a case of how they went about it. I've never seen Peak Villa play so distant. Peak Villa for me will always be their really technical side, they're really good on the ball and stuff like that, but they play St Michaels and get physically bullied. At half time on Sunday going in at half time, Peak Villa had five yellow cards and St Michaels had one. Peak Villa turned up, they got stuck in, they weren't going to be pushed around or bullied by anybody. They were tactically really clever. Pippi Carroll played wide on the left, Key Cal played wide on the right. They got three firefighters in the middle of the pitch that were going to tackle everything that moved and then when they got the ball, they got it out wide into those areas. Um, and I don't St. Michael's thought Peak Villa were going to bring that type of intensity, that type of aggression. Uh, it wasn't just your typical football in Peak Villa side, it was something completely different. Um, and full credit to Ted O'Connor and Derek McMahon and the staff up there because it was a masterclass. Um, it was as good a performance as I've seen from them in a long, long time. Well, you know, you wonder how, and we've discussed it many times, how how are teams like Peak going to close that gap? It's only a small gap between them and Saints, but I think you've put your finger on it in terms of, you know, a lot of junior football is about getting stuck in. Yeah, absolutely. Pete Phillip, what they did on Sunday is they didn't pick their best team. They picked the best team to play against St. Michael's, and that was the key. That's what it was. They didn't go out. They tried, you know, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Go and play a nice, pretty football, and Paul Breen putting you out over the sideline. And that's been going on for years. 
Uh, well, I mean that in a, in a physical yeah, no, strength. No, I understand what you mean. But, yeah. um, you know, but Sunday was the opposite. Sunday was, Michael Ryan in particular took the fight to them. He wanted to take everybody on and his teammates followed him. And like I said, five yellow cards, all of them justified. They were there and they were laying down a marker and I think St. Michael's were really, really taken aback by that aggression from Pete Phil. It was probably different than what they expected. But And like you said, you have to, to go and win those big, big ties, whether it's Thomas Town, St. Michael's or whatever, you've got to bring more than just being good on the ball. A uh, quick word on Tumal Boris. They have got out of the group. They had a 6-2 win over Banshee Celtic and were rewarded with a home tie against Charleville. Yeah, and look again, I suppose they're a little remarkable, remarkable consistency. 6-2, extremely comfortable. Um, they've put a run of games together. And I think they'll fancy themselves in that tie as well, particularly getting it at home. And it's a real chance for them to open up their season now and get a taste for out-of-town football as well. Yeah, difficult tie for Killavilla from the north. They got new market Celtic of Clare, who are always handy. Yeah, and look, Owen Hayes, the centre forward, is the Irish Junior International centre yeah. forward. Newmarket are always at the business end of these competitions. That's a really, really difficult tie, especially away from home. Yeah, no doubt about it. Barry, it's always good talking to you. Thanks for your time. Thanks evening. for all. Not at all. That's Barry Ryan joining us with news of local soccer. That's pretty much all we've time for. Just before I go, one text says, what's your opinion? Going to a match, the card machine won't work, cash not accepted, I was refused entry. That comes in from Anne. Love to know a bit more on that, Anne, but what I would say to you is, surely, if the cash if the card machines aren't working the onus has to be for a bit of common sense and they have to take cash in that situation they can't uh, turn you around and send you home surely can they Ian O'Connor produce talk to you next week good night 12 of Kilkenny